Welcome back to another edition of New Mexico Rising. As the battle lines continue to be drawn for the 2022 New Mexico gubernatorial race, we have the honor of talking to Ethel Maharg. She is running for governor of New Mexico on the GOP side, and she is vehemently pro-life, and we look forward to having a conversation with her. Let's get started. Today on New Mexico Rising, we're going to be having a conversation with Ethel Maharg. Raised in New Mexico and surrounded by a family of public servants, Mrs. Maharg was the mayor of Cuba, New Mexico, for 10 years. During her time, she found time, during her term, time, wow, that was harder than I thought it'd be to say. She found time to obtain a degree in business administration, and after her time as mayor had ended. She went on to work with CareNet Pregnancy Centers and Hispanic Action Network, advocating tirelessly for the pro-life movement. Currently, she's the executive director for the Right to Life Committee of New Mexico and believes that God has called her to run for governor of New Mexico. We will be speaking with her about what she hopes to accomplish with her campaign, as well as how she plans to lead New Mexico forward. But before we get into that, it looks like Bernalillo County has rebuffed the mandates that are being sent down from on high thad what are, what are we doing here it's almost as if this theory i've been formulating for the last couple of weeks the great resignation and the fact that i've been harping on the difficulties not only with the private sector being able to find employees but also with the public sector being yeah. able to find employees and they've they're mandates and their, um, I guess, fantasies of having a world of zero COVID or at the very least the entire population inoculated has run into the hard realities of the fact that vaccine hesitancy is a thing that will greatly impede their ability to pr pr produce public services and goods, public services, not necessarily goods. Um, I, it's, it's a small victory that kind of puts a little bit of a crack in this armor that is the, you know, the, the health, you know, health by all nest, by all means, yeah. um, public health as paramount for everything. Um, and you're seeing it across the board. If it isn't Bernalillo County saying, all right, well, let's ease off a little bit when it comes to some of these requirements as well as uh, well, the state fairs turned into a disaster. Uh, the chili farms have, required, you know, 5 million of the kind of federal largesque and stimulus funds to even make sure we even have enough green chili going into the fall. And of course, that will inevitably disappear and people down south worry that by virtue of taking that money, which no offense, you shouldn't take the money, 
because it's going to make you obliged to do some things you don't want to do. They're not going to be able to afford to hire anyone next season if the expectation is that we're going to get the 450 top up um, when it comes to wages. This is hitting us all across the board, even in Albuquerque, even in Albuquerque, when it comes to waste management and stuff, they're putting out crazy amounts of bonuses and like enormous amounts of money to get people to work. And they have just created a lot of not necessarily impediments to working, but they put disincentives all across the board. And it isn't just vaccine you know, passports for all intents and purposes. It's not just unemployment. It isn't simply the working conditions suck because no one else wants to work. And hence, anyone who does work is required to work exorbitant hours. It isn't the work ethic. It isn't the fact that supply chains are tightened. It, it's all of the above. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is a cumulative problem that continues to rear its ugly head. Um, you know, and I, and I thought it was interesting. There were a couple of other, other articles that were speaking about shortages with nursing and everything else. And they tried to frame those in the context with that. Well, the nurses are tired of treating the unvaccinated. Yeah. Which they're, they're, is yeah, they're gaslighting of the real subject or yeah. in, and the real issues. That's, that's not any reality from what I've seen the people I've spoken to. So that's yeah. literally just the news doing what they do best, taking a story, flipping on on its head and serving their narrative that they're paid to create. Yeah, it's way more complex than simply nurses tired of treating the unvaccinated, which, like you said, that, 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 that is not yeah. across the board true. Um, it's generally speaking, nurses, and particularly in this economy, are making bank. There, yeah. There's going to be you know nurses driving Lamborghinis and Teslas here next year. Um, if, you know, the federal taxes don't beat them down because you can write your ticket. That's one reason why you have nurse shortages. Another reason why you have nurse, nurse shortages or at least healthcare workers shortages as a whole is last year you gutted the healthcare system and you furloughed, laid off. And in a lot of instances, outright fired a lot of people. People don't tend to remember there were hospitals as early as like the late early fall of last year mandating vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Um, this is back when it was under emergency use authorization and wasn't even under like widespread use, right? They've been, they've been handing out these inoculations for better part since like late last summer. And so you couple all that with the fact that like, yeah, the work environment has become much more treacherous. Uh, it's become much more strenuous. Um, there are more than enough physical beds at a lot of uh, medical facilities. It just isn't the manpower or people power you know i don't want to be a you know too misogynistic there but um uh, you, they, you, the, you take it easy here yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna throttle back but there's just there's not enough bodies to man these beds and to yeah. give people care i mean a lot of reason why people are just being turned away is not only are they overwhelmed there just isn't enough of a patient to nurse ratio to properly handle this well, um, yeah. yeah, and the and the other the other problem that I think we're going to see start to rear its ugly head with this is that as people become more divided over this issue, and let's say that a lot of nurses do end up leaving their positions, and you see this great resignation. Well, the people that are left, you know, honestly, I I had a very uh, disturbing conversation with a respiratory therapist who works um, here at San Juan Regional yesterday, and she was basically implying that people who have the flu. Let's say you get sick, right? And, and you send your kid to school knowing that you've got the flu or they might take it. 
she was suggesting that those people should be fined uh, up to $5,000 and put in prison for up to three years. We've never done that before in the history of well, and that, I, I I use that as an example is is that you know yeah, that yeah. is disturbing that someone think that thinks that that's an acceptable um, method of dealing with this. I, I'm really getting tired of calling it a pandemic. I know they changed the definition. It's an end what it is. Yeah. Um, but but that's that's disturbing. That's where we're at with all these these resignations and this division of you know our society. No, and and. One side is just, and it's, 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 and here's the, the dirt, the dirt little secret is it's not a large number of people who are like, eh, I'm, I'm cool with this. Right. But it's yeah. the critical people who are just like, nah, I'm okay with this. And it's yeah. going to cause those people to dig in. Mm-hmm. It's not going to cause anyone. It's not going to, it's not going to cause anyone to be like, oh, I've seen the error of my ways. I'm just going to do that. They're just going to be like, screw you. You don't tell me what to do, particularly for those who are, you're 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 literally pushing out of these careers across across the board. All these critical critical not uh, um they weren't uh, they were essential worker positions from last year. Yeah, forcing a lot. You know who I'm pretty sure almost all of those people have yeah, some sort of antibody exposed. immunity or been exposed. You know, and I would encourage anyone if you got if you can get off forty bucks if you got a health savings account where you know you have funds, go get a. Go get a serological test. Yeah. You know, CVS gives them and stuff like that. Give yourself the peace of mind to know that you're not crazy, that these things do exist, that you probably have been exposed. It's it's long lasting. And I don't know, I don't know what the unfortunately, I don't know the exact details of this kind of Bernalillo County worker thing, but I, I suspect that their workaround will be antibody testing, yeah. which is something we should have done since last fall. Well, it will be interesting, certainly, to find out, you know, how that actually plays out by the time it's all said and done. But I'm curious to get our guest's opinion on everything we've just kind of laid out in front of her. Um, Ethel Maharg, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So you've kind of heard us rant about all of these issues, and and they kind of go in and out and back and forth and everything else. But, you know, what is your general attitude towards the mandates as they exist right now in the state of New Mexico? I think they're horrible. (laughs) You know, I I keep asking why, why this, why this one? Uh, I was on a call, a leadership call as a pastors and leaders call. And there was a woman speaking to these groups of leaders and pastors. And they said, well, we'd like for you to uh, help us, you know, in getting people vaccinated and, but you know, you have influence. Oh, boy, that that did not sit well with me because uh, I thought just last year you shut them down. You shut the entire churches down and now you want our help. I I don't think so. So I said something and the pastors were all really happy because they didn't have to. Um, And I said, why are you pushing this when it's been proven that, you know, there's alternative medicines, ivermectin, uh, hydroxychloroquine. Well, they're not proven. Oh, yes, they are. I have friends that have used the, the, uh, these remedies and their kids got better. They didn't, you know, within hours. And, and, um, I says, but the other thing that bothers me, and I just flat out told her, it says, you're coming to the church, the place you want to shut down last year because of their influence. I said, that's just wrong. 
And so hmm. I think that the vaccine mandates, I, I, I just think they're horrible. I think that people are smart enough in this state to determine whether or not they should be vaccinated. If you want to be vaccinated, knock yourself out. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask, get vaccinated, don't. But to make people do things, and I say we still are in America, and I, th- I think that we should be able to manage our own health care. And these poor health care workers, I feel bad for them because uh, last year they were heroes and this year they're zeros. And they have taken them down from where they were last year. They were hailing them. And now they're throwing them out in the street, you know, to say you either get vaccinated or you're out of a job. And I'm like you, that, uh, that, you know, this is a pandemic. It's not a pandemic. It was just definitely unleashed on us. And it was all to uh, stop the momentum of the, what was going on with President Trump. Uh, we saw that from day one. My husband was in the hospital when that happened. And I said, we looked at the uh, TV and they said, wow, this is going to affect the, the frail and the elderly. And I said, sounds like the flu. And then they said this. They said, avoid mass gatherings. And I thought, oh, that's what this is about. This is about stopping the momentum of the party and stopping uh, the winds that were going to be taking place. And so that's how they were able to lock us all down. It was not for our safety. I'm sorry, but uh, those flashing signs that the governor has over there just tick me off, you know, because all they are meant for is to uh, incite fear in people. You know, they play on the fear of people to get them to do things. And um, frankly, I just, I hesitate to say this, but I said, you know, I get road rage when I see him. I'd like to take a 45, blow him up because I think that they just make me angry. I'm thinking all you're doing is uh, making people more fearful. And, you know, at this point, a lot of people are angry. I just ignore them or I try to, I just look away. But uh, this was all meant not for our health. This is not meant to protect us. And Grisham can say all she wants is she's saving lives uh, whatever, in a pig's eye. Uh, you didn't do this for our health and safety. You did it because you wanted to control us. And that's what this has been about. So, well, and I, yeah, know. I mean, I think we've seen that globally. You know, I've kind of been hammering on this lately because, you know, my friends in Australia are really going through it right now. Um, and I think that's the proof in the pudding that people need to wake up and see with this entire thing is that uh, they, they have no intention of ever relinquishing this control. You know, for instance, in Victoria, the state of Victoria there, a buddy of mine lives in Melbourne, and they told everyone that they would, you know, let them free, you know, once they got to a 70% vax rate. Well, as soon as they got to the 70% vax rate, what they did is they locked things down further, but then they allowed them to have meetings just outside, outside with a mask on. If you're vaccinated, you can meet with one family member. And and then they sold it in the media and then they sold it in the media and they said, this is a, we've, we've released some restrictions. So it really is ministry of truth, 1984 garbage where they just, they just gaslight, you know, they, they use news speak, they change the definitions of terms and, you know, I won't go too far down, but I think that that is what we're seeing. You, you brought up an interesting thing though. um, When you talk about Trump and I think that's something that needs to be spoken about is the Republican party here there seems to be kind of a split attitude when it comes to trump and what he meant to the party or what he means going forward um you know what what is your attitude towards that obviously you're running for the republican nomination and and the leadership does not seem to be supportive 
of even discussing any of the more nefarious things that may have happened in 2020 with the election. You know, I, they're doing audits in, and uh, like they're just Arizona, all the everywhere. We need to have one done here. Um, I personally think, oh, well, let me tell you, what we do at Right to Life is we help candidates get elected. Well, at least we we inform people of that they are pro-life or not. Okay, so we just let people know where they stand. Sure. So I worked with a lot of candidates to see about letting people know where they stood because our state is predominantly whether whatever side of the fence you're on, but we are conservative state. And so I was going throughout the state trying to help pro-life candidates get elected. And I saw that they got beat in places they shouldn't have gotten beat. Like for example, Isabella Solis is one in particular. I'd happen to know about her. She, well, several others, but hers was, pretty in your face she had garnered more votes than uh foray had ever gotten ever yet she still lost so how does that explain other than they stole it so same thing for for president trump you know i believe you know he had such momentum that they had to do something like unleash a virus to stop the momentum that he had and so They've done everything to stop him up to and including stealing this election, which I believe with all my heart is what happened. And so we need to have audits. I think that we need to at least, even for our peace of mind, find out what the heck happened. Yeah. And if it's true, it's true. If it's not, at least it proves the point. At least we know. But I cannot believe that there were several candidates. I know several like I said, that I supported and I went throughout the state trying to help them get elected, uh, that I went and spoke on their behalf. And it was pretty, pretty um, amazing that they all had the same 3,000 votes that they lost by. Uh, it's pretty incredible. So, um, you know, you, you just can't make that up. You know, it's just, yeah, they lost. They lost because it was, um, it was messed with. So how do you reassure then the, GOP faithful here in the state of New Mexico, particularly going into a primary and next year's election uh, to trust the process. What we have heard a lot as we have talked to many people here on this program is yeah. it's 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 not that they're not willing to vote. It's just that they want some sort of reassurance that the vote mm -hmm. will count or at the very least, we need to get to the bottom of what happened in 2020 yeah. and make just some moves and stuff, but they tend to feel like the, I wouldn't call them establishment GOPs. It's just, let's say the New Mexico GOP as a whole kind of wants to run away from it. Some members, some people who are active in the state party want to, you know, lean into like, let's mm -hmm. at the very least uh, get some, you know, paper balloting, some hand counting instituted, or at least some, some look at the process or to be, at the very least do something with the voter rolls. Um, what do you what do you want to tell those people um, going into this you know primary season and into this next election about still trying to participate in in the event that like the full audits and all the things that people are kind of asking for doesn't happen? You know, we should we should have those audits. I think that the people of New Mexico deserve to know. They deserve to know one way or the other how this all went down. Okay. If he lost, he lost. If he didn't, he didn't. Okay. But I think the people need to know, but I also want to do this because I'm seeing discouragement taking place among people. And they're like, well, what's the use? Yes, there is a use. And, and let me tell you case in point, I was watching the 
uh, Lindell, I, I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but I got to watch some. One of the points I thought was really neat was they were talking about how um, Biden, they had already called Florida for Biden. And they have the algorithms going on with the, uh, with the uh, uh, Dominion machines, all right? Yeah. So they had already called it for him. But what happened was very interesting is that they said the, the Hispanic population, the Puerto Ricans, whoever, all was in that area, that they all voted. When that, when that group of people came in and voted, that voting block kicked mm -hmm. it over so high that they, it couldn't catch up. Mm-hmm. The machines couldn't catch up. So I'm saying, well, if that if that has that effect, then folks, get out and vote. You need to get everybody out to vote. And we need to register people to vote. Because right now, and I, I'm I'm really big about harping on the churches. It's like, come on, folks. There's Christians that are like millions of them aren't even registered to vote. To me, that's criminal. I mean, come on, we have something going on right now that is critical in our state, in our country, and you don't even bother to vote. So we need to get people registered to vote. Everybody on my team, including me, I'm, I'm a VRA as well, but I'm, of course I can't do that for my campaign. But all of us are registered, you know, we are registrars and we are doing everything that we can to inform people about voting because that's the key. And I believe that the left the far left and uh is is definitely progressives uh they're wanting to discourage us into not voting and people are buying that we need to stop that it is it is way too soon to quit we cannot afford to give in to discouragement and we need to get everybody out there uh getting their families registered talking to everybody that we know and i'm telling you people on both sides all sides are upset, upset about our governor, upset about things that are in our country, and we need to get out and vote. So I think that's one way. But I believe that the audits should take place. I think that I think people need to know. Yeah, people deserve to know the truth. So let's kind of pull back a little bit from that and give some people who may not know you very well a better idea okay. who you are. You know, we'll kind of, well that was that was all pretty heavy. So we'll just lighten it up again yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, yeah. But. But why don't you take a minute and just tell us about your experience as a New Mexican, you know, how you came to be who you are. Your bio, I know, is just a bio, so it doesn't tell us very much. So let us have it. Well, I'm uh, native born. I'm born and raised in Cuba, New Mexico. I'm one of seven kids. Uh, to, I was born to a farmer and we raised in Cuba, New Mexico. My family always served. My dad was the mayor of Cuba. My my uh, mom served as a council. My my brothers, one's a judge, one's a, a county commissioner. My grandfather was a senator. He was an uh, immigrant, came from Germany, and he served as a senator and also a county commissioner. My my husband served on the volunteer fire department. My daughter was volunteer uh, junior chief, the first one. So, we, you know, we're a family of service. We believe in serving our communities. And so, and not for pay, because trust me, uh, when I served as the mayor of the village of Cuba, it was like, pennies for that but uh, I did it because I wanted to see better things for my community um, so I served I was elected the mayor of the village of Cuba and I served 10 years in office both mayor and council and I brought a lot of economic development through there um, 
the the McDonald's that's there. That's my claim to fame. The McDonald's and the the Circle Cape, along with the Family Dollar. But it brought about about 60 jobs to the community. And uh, people say, well, big deal, 60 jobs. Well, for that community, it, it is a big deal. And so that community is still benefiting from the work that I did there. So uh, I was also a former business owner. Um, so worked there in business and I taught school. I, I Because whenever, you know, people ask me, you have a lot of experience. I said, well, I just, they ask me and I say yes all the time and I have the experience. So, so I taught school, they needed a teacher. And so I see what the kids go through. You know, there's a Navajo, the Native American, you know, the reservation, Navajo and the uh, Apache were on both sides. And um, so when I was mayor, I was responsible for all of those people, the reservations, little towns all over the place. So we were a small community of about you know, six, 700 people, but I was responsible for about 10,000. So um, when I left there, I was, um, I left them with $1.9 million in the bank. So I was fiscally responsible. I made sure that we had money in the bank. I was trying to, to build up that community and, and then, you know, I left. So uh, then I came to Albuquerque and from there I did various things. I've sold everything from soup to nuts. <laughs> and um, so I've done that. And also then I went to work for CareNet Pregnancy Centers and it was probably one of the biggest blessings of my life. Uh, never realized I'd be there. I started there for, for five years and uh, there is where I, um, you know, I was pro-life, but uh, now I'm pro-life like on steroids. So, uh, <laughs> and, and from there, <laughs> I ended up... Or uh, horse paste, at least, right? Yeah, definitely. So, so I uh, worked for there. I was the client services director. I oversaw four centers, the medical mobile unit team, and I taught all of the... Uh, I trained all of the volunteers. Then I was approached by Right to Life to be the executive director and and I knew it was time it had been time for a little bit but um I went there I coordinated in the middle of that I also coordinated the convoy of hope and I brought you know a million dollars worth of goods and services for Albuquerque and uh did that I, and I worked for Hispanic Action Network trying to help Steve Pierce get elected and uh, I took a leave of absence a little bit from when I was in Carinet because I was really concerned about that race because I because of Grisham to me, she was a problem even back then. But even back then, uh, in the back of my mind, I just knew um, uh, this is a I, this is a calling for me. I believe that God had called me even then to be running now. And I was like, really? <laughs> that was behind me. But uh, but that's something that I believe God has called me to do. And so, and now that I'm in the life uh, movement, if you will, um, definitely because I see what they did. Uh, last year, they just shoved it down our throats, mm -hmm. and now we're experiencing the repercussions because of Texas law going into effect. That you know now we're having, you know, uh, abortions. Like uh, I understand that there were seventy abortions on one Friday two two weeks ago. Yeah, come over across the state. So, you know, that's a that's a real problem for us. And then they passed assisted suicide, and. The, the thing that happened is there was one woman that uh, availed herself of it. She died. And the saddest thing that took place is that Grisham and her cronies celebrated that that woman took her life. 
sickening. It just makes me so sad. It's, I just, you know, there's a sickness here. So we need, we need to fix that. Um, so um, let me see what else. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. My husband's sitting right here. Uh, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a grandma. Three kids, six grandkids. And uh, we have really busy, messy life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I'm not perfect. Uh, but uh, like I say, I say yes a lot. People ask me and I'm traveling the state now. Um, and it's, it's been great to visit with people about their concerns. I want to hear what they have to say. Cause in every area it's different. You know, like I'm from Cuba, little bitty town, farming, ranching is far different than, than Albuquerque. I mean, I, I was a bank. I actually managed the two branches of a bank in Cuba mm -hmm. And they would want us to have the same metrics in Cuba as in Albuquerque. You guys are crazy. Well, same thing happens in government. You cannot expect a small community to work the same as a large community. And usually they get the scraps. And so I'd like to see that the small communities thrive because that's where we get. They're the ones that are feeding us, right? Yeah. Uh, dairy and, you know, the all the, all the food that, you know, our beef and things like that. So... Yeah, uh, it's important, you know, that we that we take care of the small communities, too. Yeah, we've tried to amplify those voices here in New Mexico Rising, particularly yeah. the voices from the rural parts of the state, particularly down south, which we're really, really focused on the fact because, you know, they're the the oil drum in the, in the dairy yeah. uh, uh, capital of the state. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you had alluded to the fact that, you, you know, divine intervention uh, wanted you to run. And you've talked about some really two cultural issues in this culture war, right? Um, there's an ongoing culture war, not only here in the state of New Mexico, but the nation as a whole. Mm -hmm. I mean, speaking from speaking from the perspective of when you become governor, right? If we want to be optimistic, I mean, what's, what's a winning strategy in your view to like either win that culture war to very least get some victories um, and bring back not only faith to, you know, the state of New Mexico, but to be a kind of a beacon for faith for the country. Yeah. You know, I've said over and over that I believe it with all my heart that when we turn New Mexico, it'll turn. There's something about New Mexico. There's this vein of a spiritual, well, I don't know what to call it. Um, but there is something here that's very special that when we turn this, it will have a huge impact on the rest of the nation. Culturally, um, you know, I, I hate that we... Um, that the people have bought into the fact that, or not the fact, the the idea that we are so different that we should hate each other. How dumb is that? You know, kids don't do that. You know, why are we why are we uh, hating each other? You know, I talk to people all the time, and uh, they're they're telling me they're supporting my views, and then they tell me, you know, where they're at, even on on the Democrat side, and I'm like, well, we all want the same thing, don't we? We all want freedom. We want to abide by our constitution. We all want to honor God. We want life. And so why are we fighting? And so that's one of the questions I constantly ask. And people are like, uh, there was a man that wouldn't hardly even talk to me last week at a gun show. And uh, wouldn't talk to any of my team. And he had a mask on. And uh, I went to talk to him. And by the time we were done, we were he had his mask down. And we were laughing. And he wasn't my party. But uh, I said, why are we fighting? You know, why are we fighting? And I think that that's the question to ask each other because um, we all want the same things. 
we all want to have freedom, you know, just to live our lives. Uh, there's a gentleman we're working on this project and uh, for right to life and really, really important. And he says, really, I'm, the reason I'm doing it, he's oil and gas and he's doing some legal work, which is really interesting. Uh, so, but he says, the reason I'm doing this, I just want them to leave me alone. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's it. It's like, just let us live our lives. Let us work. Let us be able to worship our God. You know, let's help bring life. Let's bring respect back to life into our state. And, and it's like, let's quit looking at how we're different because we're really not. Yeah. We're really not different. Well, and I think there's, you know, an idea to try to bring people together like that. But when we talk about, you know, everyone wanting those same goals, I don't, I don't think that's particularly accurate. I think that we've seen plenty of forces at work in this country, in this state and oh. elsewhere that don't have any respect for life. Mm -hmm. um, it's like you had even mentioned, you know, with the governor where it just seemed evil the way they were celebrating, you know, the death. And, and I think we see that a lot. They're, they don't want to abide by the Constitution. Mm -hmm. and, and so that is the culture war that kind of sets itself up there. You even see this in regards to, you know, Republican messaging. I know that even in this show and just, you know, in, in other conversations with other people, you know, talking about this abortion issue, that's obviously so important to you. Um, and, and a lot of people have said, well, maybe, you know, the Republican party should kind of leave these issues behind in order to win elections. They feel as though that's the problem. Um, you know, how do you, how do you feel about that? Why is, why is the right to life such an important issue to you? Like, why does that need to be a platform issue for Republicans? Why do people need to understand that? I mean, I know right now, obviously, Texas has done what they've done. People are now really kind of flooding New Mexico to get these services performed because New Mexico has zero restrictions on it whatsoever. I mean, we know the percentages behind it. We know that less than you know 0.5% of abortions are done for that instance of rape that they always use as the reason. So it's, it's clear to me, but what do you say to people who aren't getting it? Well, to some that don't get it, they're not going to want to get it. Okay. And you're right. Not everybody wants the same thing. I get that. Yeah. Okay. And they're pushing this narrative and they're shoving it down our throats. And they've gotten a lot of people to buy into the uh, women's rights and all these things. And um, so we've had to change our message because I struggled with that. I thought, what is, why are they going there and not to here? So we've become a, uh, we begun a very important positive message of very simple. My favorite right is life. People can't argue with that, okay, for the most part. All right. So then why is it important? Number one, it's important to, heart, to the heart of God, and that's the most important right there. And the other thing is politically, let me tell you this. I sent a message to someone, and I said, what about life? And they're like, you know what they told me? We want to win. And I said, well, how's that working for you? You haven't. In 2018, in 2018, it wasn't even mentioned how they do slaughtered we got slaughtered okay he lost so bad and and i was working my little fanny off to try to help and didn't win now you tell me why does planned parenthood why does the left the progressives okay the progressives want 
they have spent more money has been poured into our state by not any other groups, but Planned Parenthood. They pour millions into the state. It's a very important issue to them. All right. It's a very important issue to us because they're the ones that are pushing the pushing the agenda to have abortion become stay legal in our state. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to pay attention to that. More money is being poured into New Mexico or the states that will receive it, you know, or any of the candidates that will take it take their blood money so that they can win. Uh, Gates right now, he is, all right, a little history here. It's pretty interesting how this, Gates' dad was on the board of Planned Parenthood in the back of the day, right? Right, Bill Gates, yes, yes yeah. his daddy. Who is on, who's now involved in vaccines? Gates Bill, again, Bill right? Gates. He is the number one, he's one of the number one, maybe number one, I think he is the largest contributor to abortion as well as he's also uh, very much involved in the vaccines. The whole yeah. thing, nothing has changed. It's all about population control. All right. Yeah. The whole thing is about population control. So you have well, to an argument at, for me there as anybody yeah. who knows me will attest. <laughs> yeah. so, so the thing is this, okay. If you don't want to look at it from a spiritual perspective, look at the money, follow the money. They are spending millions of dollars in our state to defeat anybody that is pro-life. And if you don't talk about it because you want to win, you're going to lose anyway. I hate to tell you, but you are. We got beat bad. 102 candidates last year. How many did we get? A handful? We got beat bad. Yeah, I've never never heard that perspective, right? I've always heard the perspective that the GOP needs to abandon. And I've even been guilty of it abandon the planks of the 90s right and one of those planks of the 90s was definitely the christian coalition and being Mm pro-life um and as i've kind of evolved on the issue over time you i I can't really argue with the point running away from that issue has resulted in losses yeah the question is i mean would leaning back into that produce wins i mean we're still losing, right? So, so I, I guess, I guess, and then I get, but then that goes back to the election integrity thing. Um, so, yeah, right. So, so if candidates that are, I mean, how did the candidates that you endorse, how, how did they perform last time when they leaned into this issue? Well, I tell you what, a lot of them, uh, when I went, cause my job is executive director. Our job at right to life is education. We teach people things. Some of these candidates did not even know about what was going on. When they did, it lit a fire under them and they began, especially down south, they really were campaigning when I went to speak with them about what was going on with abortion. And they made uh, that part of their top part of their platforms as well. They got beat, but not because, not because uh, it wasn't a good uh, campaign. They got beat because it got stolen from them. I, I just, I know it did. All right. So anybody that speaks for life, look, case in point, had eight Democrats, eight Democrats came across in 2019 to vote with us. What happened to them? Six of them gone. Yes. Gone. Yeah. Their own party. Why? It's life. 
How dare you speak? So you tell me it's not an important issue politically? Oh, you bet it is. There's millions to be made on that side. It's money. It's money. And they're going to do everything that they can to protect that. So we're going to do everything to get rid of it. So we're going to fight. We're going to fight to the death <laughs> necessary to get rid of it because we know that it's, well, it's wrong. It's wrong. It hurts. It hurts women, hurts men, hurts families, hurts our economy. Guys, look, I've even done this. People said, you're a one issue uh, candidate. Well, I have the experience to run a government. I know how to do it. I've already done it. But look, I put a pencil to it. I says, okay, let's put this aside. Why don't we put aside the fact that a baby is torn limb from limb or given a lethal injection or whatever it is that they do? Lethal injection, not, not legal for a dog or a cat. All right, let's put that aside. Let's put aside that it ruins that mothers, that they are also psychologically messed up both women and men, it's already been proven that they're also affected for the rest of their lives. <clears throat> there is help, reconciliation, all these, but that, but let's look at the money. All right. There's 60 million children have been aborted since 73. I put a pencil to it and I thought the average working life and the taxes that we've been paid. Do you know that that we've lost like $14 trillion in tax revenue? So, okay. Let's imagine economic output, potential economic output, right? Potential economic output, and we've lost it. At the time when I was calculating, the national debt was $22 trillion. So it's like, you know, we could have helped our economy, but no, let's just kill them, you know, because we want to be the only ones on the planet. And yeah, you bring up you bring that up with Bill Gates, and, and a lot of that doesn't get said enough. I know that Thad and I discuss this often. Yeah. But, but people need to understand the roots of Planned Parenthood and the roots of abortion and yep. their ties with the Nazis and mm -hmm. going all the way back to the original eugenics movement, which was meant to kill black people. Yes. Yes, absolutely. They put, they put more abortion clinics in inner cities that, that in Washington, D.C., there are more abortions than live births. I mean, in, in the, in the African-American community, I mean... You look at Mafia 21, they're in danger of being uh, not being able to replace the race, you know, and they're coming after us next, the Hispanics. So, okay, so we're next in line because we're like the fastest growing population, right? So they're going after Hispanics because, oh, God forbid, they might get enlightened. <laughs> they might want to, you know, vote the right way. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's been my biggest bugaboo when it comes to, you know, particularly the African-American community and really just, yeah, understanding the true roots of this, yeah. it, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, not only DC, but I mean, there was times back where even in New York city, there were more black babies aborted than yeah. they were born. Yes. And the African-American population has stayed pretty flat since 73. Yeah. It hasn't grown much. Um, we lost the church. We embraced this kind of secularism. A little, bit of, a little bit of hedonism. I'm I'm very guilty of that myself. I grew up in the '90s um, and stuff like that. But like, yeah, the older you get, the more you look at that thing. And so when you look at the history, the eugenic history of Planned Parenthood or reproductive health, and you look at the Tuskegee experiments, when you look at the fact that 
we were one of the few governments on earth to actually poison a vice to stop people from drinking, you tend to you tend to realize why, at least in the African American community, there's vaccine hesitancy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you've been killing us for a long time. You're, 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 doing same you're just doing the same thing, just a different oh. method. You know, I, I pull out what little hair I have left thinking about all this. It's it's just, it's, it doesn't go real well. I do my best, but it, but it just yeah, drives me up. Uh, you know, it, it drives me crazy that people don't see what's going on. And these people that claim to have this cure for all of us right now, and they have all the solutions. They're literally the same people that have worked tirelessly for decades to reduce the population. That's what they want to do. Yeah, yeah, this Malthusian devotion to like population control has just been a thing for ever since the enlightened have been have been enlightened. People think that Hitler hit people think that Hitler blew his brains out and that that was the end of this movement. That's that's oh, no. not how it worked. They they no. have been active. They just changed colors. You know. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. it's insane. You know, and as I travel the state, I look around. I'm going. Dang, this is a big state. And there's a whole bunch of empty land. I thought we could have put all those babies on there because it's empty. You know, <laughs> we got places to put them just in this state. <laughs> you know, we can absorb all those people. So, just yeah. of it again. so, so, so let's uh, kind of move off of this, though. Okay. I, I think we're all symbolico about the fact that this is this is messed up and it's horrible. But uh, let's talk about jobs in New Mexico. Let's let's assume. You yeah. know, when there is a, a lot more economic output because there's more babies having babies and stuff like that. Um, so according to your bio, obviously, you've you basically laid out to us. You've owned small businesses. Um, you've yeah. been on the business side, the government side, the education yeah. side. Um, I mean, what needs to happen short term, at least let's assume you are our governor elect. Uh, what needs to happen short term to like improve economic growth in New Mexico? Well, I think I, I personally think I haven't been a business owner, you know, uh, we've been, we've been giving tax credits like to who, uh, Hollywood, Netflix, they come here and they take all of our money, our tax credits, right? Why don't we give those tax credits to the people that are actually creating the wealth, the, the greater, because what they do is they take that money and they take it out of New Mexico because the people in New Mexico are the ones that are producing wealth that stays in New Mexico. It doesn't go out of the state. You know, don't give it to the Hollywood elites because you know what their agenda is. Turn us into socialism. And so I think that that's important. I also, because uh, what I was, I was a barber. And, uh, you know, I think it's important to bolster the trades. Things, uh, those, those are important. And there's kids, when I taught school, I realized really quickly that about 99% of those kids were not going to go to college. And... So instead of just throwing them out there, find out what their gifts are and help them to develop that so that they can be productive citizens of the community. Some are never going to, you know, have a business or whatever, but there's a lot of talent uh, out there. And just one case in point, I had this young kid that, well, he hated me. I was his teacher, but that was okay. Until he hated me until, until I said, uh, I told him, you know, you're, you're in welding class, aren't you? And he says, yeah. And I said, would you make me a horse feeder? And he says, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get the, I'll pay for the equipment. I'll ask your teacher. 
he made me two beautiful horse feeders that are probably sold for a pretty penny. And this little kid from that point on loved me. Why? Because I helped him discover part of who he was. Okay. And his gifting. And uh, otherwise, you know what they did? They came to school drunk. They had no hope. Yeah. They had nothing. And in that small community, that area, there's people that are so talented, the arts and crafts. You think that they have things in Santa Fe? You should see Cuba. Gorgeous sculpture pieces, uh, art that people are never going to know about. Never. And so I think that we need to help people discover who they are and help them in their trades. If you want to be a mechanic or electrician, plumber, whatever. All right. Don't don't put everybody into the same uh, hole. And for heaven's sakes, don't make them go get into more debt by going to college that they're never going to use, you know? And so I think that we should help them be more successful and help them develop a path because, and then also we need to improve our schools because uh, you know what? People don't want to bring jobs here for a workforce that can't read. So we really need to help with that. Um, And I think that we need to be able to, we need to let the teachers teach like what they're originally trained for. So let's bring up the education education system so that we can have them be uh, ready for that. And I think that it would be a good thing. I mean, in the European countries, they have trades along with high school. Correct. You know, they start. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. And so I think that it's important because face it, come on guys. You know what? When I went to college, I didn't know what I wanted to be. You know, I was, I went into nursing and then didn't do that. You know, so my degree is business administration. So uh, I think that kids need to learn, uh, they need to know, have an opportunity to develop something else if, if that's what they choose. Or adults, not just the kids, but the adults. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, I think that's just one of it. Um, so also the oil and gas. Let, oh my gosh, let them get back to work. You know, get more oil and gas. We, we're one of the largest producers in the nation. I think that we should open those pipelines up again. Yeah, it, it becomes a matter of working with what we have instead of yeah. pretending that things are something they are not. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people, especially in, in regards to your particular candidacy, I think, you know, it's become a pretty uh, wide field. There's a lot of people running for yeah. the nomination right now. But as, as this kind of moves forward, you're trying to set yourself apart obviously, I think in some ways. And I think you do that because you are so devoted to this issue of life. So I don't think that that's necessarily something that detracts. But, you know, I think people want to see leadership in the here and now. They don't want to hear about what people are going to do in, you know, two years or whatever if they're able to get an honest election. So I think a lot of people in New Mexico and a lot of people that we interact with, they want to see what people who want to be governor are doing right in the here and now. So, you know, what is it that you want to do in the here and now? And what do you ask New Mexicans to do in the here and now to make things better, to improve them? As far as what issue? Do you have something in particular? Uh, or No, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. That, okay. like, um, well, you know, I think that maybe what they should look at, too, is this. Uh, all right. My experience, I've had the experience also that I went to the legislature to help them and to lobby, help them get the bills passed. But one of the things that they should, I think that they should see is that I have the ability to, I'm kind of a gatherer and I'm able, like I said, the Convoy of Hope, I managed 1,700 volunteers uh, while I was working full-time for CareNet. 
<laughs> taking care of four centers. So I'm able to uh, juggle quite a bit. All right. So I'm able to do that. Um, I get, uh, when we were, we were at the, when we were able to go into the Capitol, we were able to move the state to get them to, uh, put pressure on legislators to kill bad bills. All right. So I already have that, that I'm doing right now. And I'm doing that. We have a, like I said, we have a project that we're going to work on right now that I believe is going to, uh, do part of what I'm wanting to do with the life issue. So we'll be able to garner support. So that's one of the things that I'm already doing uh, currently. All right. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. Um, it's it's kind know. of an open-ended question. Don't. Yeah. Don't, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm already, I am able to build large teams. I just have done that in sales as well as, you know, as well as with, uh, with the groups that I have run. And uh, I have a, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to call it like a following, if you will, that, but you know, I, I built a group of people, a base of people that, um, that respect my work, respect what I've done. And so they follow my lead to get that done. So I believe that I'll be able to change a lot of things because of that, because they already know that the work I've done has been good and that they will follow me to continue to do the rest of that. And so, um, I'm I, I'm not sure if I answered that. I hope I did, but I'm not sure if I did. So. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it was close. I think it was close enough. Yeah. I think that you you've given you you basically just demonstrate what you've what you're yeah. doing at this point. If you're mm -hmm. if you're still going to the legislature and, and and trying to be active, if you're still actively you know campaigning or or running these these mm -hmm. these, I, I want to we want to talk about the billboard issue here as we close out. I mean, that's <laughs> definitely one thing that you are doing now to bring attention to the life issue um, when it comes to that infamous billboard. Uh, oh, I mean, I yeah, that sir. Yeah, it was, it was you know, a national story for a little bit. Uh, take a bit at the clear to air with that, because I know there was some controversy with the, the officer who posed in that and, and the baby. And then of course the Albuquerque police department and their spokespeople and stuff like that in the city and stuff. So this it's been a couple of minutes here as we kind of close it out to kind of clear the air in regards to what happened there. <laughs> Well, we put a billboard up. Okay, this has been something that's been in the works for a long time. Well, actually, when I was a Karen, I always said we need a billboard because nobody knew who they were. So I've always been looking for an opportunity. So we just had a, a fundraising gala in April, and we I actually even showed the public that particular billboard. I go, how would you like to see this guy on this billboard? Mm -hmm. Everybody cheered. It was great. Of course, you know. Anyway, but in on Ju July 12th, uh, we had that billboard go up. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody contacted me. But you see, August 14th, <laughs> I announced my candidacy officially. And uh, so then all of a sudden it was a problem. All right. And then, of course, the Texas law came into being. And that billboard sits right at the Lomas exit, right as you get off I-25. You have to turn there to go get an abortion. So, so the problem is not police or permission. It, it's abortion. And I don't know who did what, but I've called the police. I've called Chief Medina and talked to him. He knows me. I've been in there with my pastor praying for them, for these police. They know I have, you know, have them in high regard and they know that. And I, in fact, I told him this specifically. I said, Chief, you know what? 
I respect you all so much that five seconds after that thing went up, if you'd have told me to take it down, I would have. But nobody called me for two months. In fact, they didn't call me. I called them. I called them. So it's Officer Holitz. His picture is all over the internet, okay, public domain. Yeah. And it's with his little girl named uh, Hope on the one side. And then the other side is the little girl. His name is Caden Spiro, and she has Down syndrome. All right. This was really fun with the AP because they couldn't reach me, so they just made it up. All right. They said, well, Officer Holitz is holding his two daughters. <laughs> and I said, oh, and then uh, it's Ethel's, they're Ethel's granddaughters. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, no, I have no relation to Officer Holitz at all. Um, the one daughter is the one he adopted, the one in pink is his little girl named Hope. The other one on the left side is my granddaughter. So when they asked me, well, you got permission? I said, I don't need permission. That's my granddaughter. I took that picture. So, and the other one was public domain. And they said, well, you, the, the police the police contacted you? And I said, no, they never did. They were make, trying to make an issue as that the police had contacted me and I didn't do anything. Big, fat lie. They never contacted me, all right? They never contacted me about that billboard. If it had been a problem for them and they had come to me, instantly it would have gone down because I love the police, all right? So I want to make that perfectly clear. And so if they wanted to pit us against the police, it didn't work. And all I can say is thank you, KRQE, AP, Daily Beast, and the Washington Post for the free press because we went national and I was like, yay! No, I got I got to say it was helpful in finding, you know, some stuff about you. So I think yeah. you had even quoted at some point, you know, along those lines, you said, well, I don't have the problem with name recognition now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a pastor. Doing, well, you know, I was told I went out of respect to tell someone in leadership last year. You see, this has been something like, oh, I think I'll run for governor. No, uh, this has been, believe it or not, a 15 year call, if you will. When I was in Cuba, I was told I would, all right. So last year, year more or longer, year and a half or more, I finally said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. So uh, then we began a prayer. We began to pray for, for a really long time. But last year, right before the election, maybe around this time, I went in, went to leadership, told them, I'm going to run for governor. And <laughs> that's what they said. Well, nobody knows who you are and you don't have any money. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> So thank you. Thanks for your input. And uh, that was that. And I said, well, you know, I guess God took care of the name recognition and he used the devil to do it. <laughs> so, you know, for me, it was all good. Um, you know, um, again, I went, I went directly to the police because I don't want to strain there with our relationship because I love those people and will support them. And so I've done everything I possibly could. Uh, the billboard is now changed its replace and that's kind of coincidental we were supposed to change it out anyway we were about to and just right when it broke but uh so now we have two of them so we took one down we put two so yeah but i just think it's uh it was a good thing and so yeah oh wow that's uh, that's why we ask questions you get real stories when you ask the people who are involved <laughs> and so just depending on yeah. the copy paste media yeah um, I, it was funny Ethel, thank you so much for coming on. It's it's thank been a you, pleasure. Um, All right, we appreciate and, you. And we hope to we'll hope to hear more from you.
yeah, thanks. I yeah, I hope that can be back on. <laughs> so thanks Baca, you guys. What are we really doing? Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Be nice. I was I'm trying to find the buttons. You know, I'm still like a <laughs> child back here touching things and messing things yeah, up. Yeah, but at least you have tea, right? I do have did, some did you tea. All your the... tea? tea uh from i you know all the places that i buy local stuff from i need to bring it on here and show them how i can shield it like oh, oh yeah. this is new mexico tea and, and then they'll just say ha free advertising ha. yeah ha. <laughs> just like ethel did but you have no double. name recognition and no money yeah that's that's the story of our lives yeah did you guys also notice that ethel seems to have done every job in cuba Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because I think that's kind of a small town thing. It's like, a, you know, I, I talked to my moon and her grandma was kind of that way in the small town she lived in where she just did everything. Yeah. I, I was like, well, that's a whole resume. You've done it, of course. Yeah. Like, why not? Now you go to yeah. the, the governor. You know, all the other jobs. It's like a video game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I thought that was cool. Um, you guys yeah. talked about population control a lot today, I noticed. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of like I'm. I think it's human sacrifice, but I don't want to get too far down the route. But there's some craziness going on right now, and uh, it's kind of evil and creepy. Well, you know, when when the leaders run around and go to parties where they worship a giant owl, it's it's a little bizarre. It's a little yeah. bizarre. Slight, just it's, just a bit. It's like just a bit. And we, yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, we ain't crazy. I mean, it's Sunday. We, yeah, we ain't we're, crazy. We just we're just we're just we're just saying this saying and seeing the stuff that they do. Yeah, it is. It is. So um, other than that, do you guys have anything, Ethel? Do you are you willing to come back on later again? That would be great. I'm gonna start holding everybody yeah. before they leave yeah, and put no them way. on the spot and say, "Yeah, I love it. Back. Thank you. I I really appreciate it because you know you never you're going down the road or you know I might have another billboard explode or something. You know you guys want to hear about it. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I hope so. I definitely. <laughs> You guys will get to hear how I got my millions, right? Because that, that's next, right? Uh, yeah. Sure. So I say, hey, one one of them's taking care of name recognition, so I got to get my millions. Now you just got to get <laughs> yeah. the millions. We'll yeah. we, yeah. we've kind of, we're in a we're in a somewhat similar situation. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We hey, totally understand. Now, now we get it. <laughs> Thank you uh, so much, Miss Maharg. Maharg. Thank you guys. Did I say that right, Maharg. Yep, you did. You did. Awesome. Right. Thank you guys. Right. You have a good day. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> Thanks everybody for watching. Bye. Anybody got anything? Roll us out. We're good. Roll us out. Let me explain the thing. Stop pressuring me. Stop pressuring me. Do it. Do it.